0: Hello and welcome to another episode from me, your host, Julian. Whilst I normally talk about apps that help you get things done, this time I'm not looking specifically at apps, but at something that has been happening over a number of years now, and now that I've got it under control, I can get on with my life. So in this episode, I'm going to be telling you about my experience with diabetes, type 2, and how it impacted on me and my family. Now you may be wondering how this is linked to productivity, and I'll tell you, because until I knew what was was wrong, this impacted on my ability to function properly. The story starts many years ago, but came to a head in the summer of 2016, and although I felt absolutely fine in myself, I had one major complaint. I was constantly needing a wee. I used to plan my journeys home from work so that I could make it all the way home without needing a break. I know, mad, and at work I disappear every couple of hours. I also found that I was getting tired during the day. I was sleepy through meetings, which I'm sure you can appreciate isn't the best idea. So whilst this has been going on for some time, it took a visit to Bournemouth one summer for me to finally take action. It wasn't possible to complete the journey down the motorway without me needing to stop for a comfort break, at least twice. And then at the beach, I'd be back and forth from the loo every couple of hours, which isn't really ideal, given the state of public toilets, especially at the beach with the sand everywhere and... ugh. ugh. Anyway, not to mention disappearing, if you know what I mean, when, you know, over house. So I arranged to visit the doctor, and we had a chat. And he asked me some questions, and he took some blood for testing. Now, I don't know what you know about um, blood sugar levels and all of that, but uh, one of the tests was for the level of HbA1c in my blood. It's the technical term for glycated haemoglobin. In other words, how much sugar is attached to the blood cells. So, in normal people, the figure is around about 42 mmol. That's millimoles per litre, or below that. The reading for my HbA1c was 102 off the scale. And there you have it. That was the answer to my problem. And diagnosis, at least. I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Within a week of that diagnosis, I visited the nurse and she spent a very long time explaining all the symptoms and side effects that diabetes can bring, the do's and don'ts, along with what I would be doing to reduce the effects and, more importantly, reduce that very large reading. There are many symptoms of diabetes. For me, it started with the constant urinating. Let's qualify what I mean by constant. I know I said I was going to the loo every two hours, on average 10 times every day. However, there were two other major effects, that of lethargy and extreme thirst. I was frequently tired, had difficulty staying awake at work, which as I said is not very good, and driving long distances was a trial, not because I needed to stop for a wee. The nurse prescribed metformin for me, a diabetes drug, which I've been taking twice a day, and continue to do so every day for the last couple of years, I was advised to exercise and lose some weight. Now, I should add, I wasn't massively overweight at the time. In fact, when the nurse first saw me, her initial reaction was that I don't look like someone who has diabetes. Ain't that just typical? Anyway, along with all the advice, I was given a glucose monitoring kit to check my blood sugar levels on a regular basis. One thing I should say about checking glucose is that whilst it gives a good indication, the results are very transitional. And it was it's just taken at that single moment in time. An hour later, it could be completely different. And sometimes I've had really good readings, and other times I can't work out why they're high. Sometimes they're even lower than I expected. Again, the readings are a moment in time. This is why the HbA1c reading, when they send it off for a sample of blood for testing, is based on the previous three months, which is how long blood cells hold on to the sugar. I'm simplifying it, of course, but that's what it does. And for those that don't have experience of diabetes or know anyone living with it, describing it is not something that could be done quickly, but I'm going to try and sum it up. We have blood cells racing around our bodies, providing energy and nutrients, as we all know, as we need it. So when we eat, the sugar gets absorbed into the bloodstream and that gives us the energy we need, right? Well, in a non-diabetic person, yes. With me, the sugar wasn't getting absorbed into the blood cells. It was knocking on the door, but the cells weren't letting it in. So the consequence of this is not only could I not get the energy that I needed, but the sugar levels were building up with nowhere to go. Okay, they did have somewhere to go. Out of me, in a wee. And because I was going so often, I would feel thirsty. So I'd be drinking more, which as you can now see, becomes a bit of a vicious circle. I needed to wee again. Once I had started taking metformin, which is the drug that I've been prescribed to um, help this, the blood cells unlocked, allowing the sugar to enter and therefore increasing my energy levels and reducing my need to go to the loo. And what's more, this change happened virtually overnight. It was amazing. And as you may have gathered, apart from the medication, managing diet is one of the key aspects to controlling type two diabetes. Sugar is the enemy. And by that, I refer to glucose, added sugar, food made with sugar. Sucrose, the natural sugar found in fruit and veg, is not bad. In, in small doses but it does need to be controlled. Pineapple, for example, is full of sugar. Grapes are very high in sugar. Melon, too. So those fruits, as far as I'm concerned, are a bit of a no-no. Blueberries are good and I eat lots of oranges and apples and bananas. The other baddie is carbohydrates. These turn to sugar in the body, so reducing carb intake is extremely important. Vegetables that grow underground are not as good as those overground. It's been a complete re-education, and I've been very careful to watch what I've been eating, allowing myself the occasional treat. Although I've lost the taste for chocolate and sweets, I find myself no longer missing them as much as I used to nuts are very good too they're nutritious although they can be quite fatty but almonds are reputed to be the best for diabetics and unsalted peanuts and cashews and pistachio nuts are also very good something else that i also did was to start drinking a cholesterol reducing drink every day you know the ones on the advert, the uh, prebiotic, uh, probiotic, or um, those sort of drinks. They have reduced my cholesterol level to below the minimum government guidelines, which is currently five. So now I'm, I'm out of the um, danger zone, and um, whilst the nurse wanted to prescribe me statins, which I refused orig- initially, because uh, I wanted to try and bring the bring the level down myself, uh, now I've brought it down using the drinks, and we're all good. Now, I mentioned earlier on about my weight. Uh, Although I wasn't overweight, I bought a cross trainer, which I've been using on a fairly regular basis. And not only has it raised my fitness levels and I've managed to lose some weight, this has also helped to reduce my latest reading, uh, which originally, as I said, was 102. And the latest reading in December 2018 is an encouraging 55. And another benefit, of course, is the cross trainer isn't just for me. So fitness levels at home are increasing all around. So how long have I been suffering with this, these symptoms before I was diagnosed? And I I think it's been about eight years. I say think because quite honestly, I don't know. For me, it was all normal. It crept up on me. Going to the loo twice, every two hours or so, uh, became a normal state for me to be in. So I didn't know that it was wrong. The more I look back on it, the more I realize that's what must have been all along. And having read information about diabetes, It can take up to 10 years before it's actually diagnosed. And diabetes isn't specifically hereditary, so you can't use that as a guide either. Certainly in my case, none of my family have ever had it or have it, so I can't blame them. I consider myself lucky. Knowing what was causing my symptoms was a major factor in feeling better about myself. Thankfully, being type 2 means I'm not dependent on insulin, so I don't need to inject myself. With a controlled diet to keep my sugar intake to a minimum and daily exercise, I can honestly say that my life has changed for the better. Just imagine now... I can sit through a film at the cinema without needing to nip out to the loo. I can drive without worrying about stopping for the toilet. I can make it through the day without fighting to stay awake, especially after meals. I'm eating healthier and I'm feeling fitter. Now, whilst diabetes is a diagnosis, there are some other major factors that need to be considered. Diabetics are at an increased risk of stroke or heart attacks, kidney failure and loss of sight. Not to mention the threat of amputation due to damaged nerve endings. Yeah, it sounds really scary. So one thing I would like to say, the NHS has been fantastic. The care I have received at my local clinic has been second to none. The nurse has done all the checks, from my weight and blood pressure to checking my feelings in my feet. My feelings? No, checking the feelings in my feet. Why? Because diabetes can cause damage to nerve endings, which means if I cut my foot, I wouldn't necessarily know about it, and the cut could become infected, leading to all sorts of outcomes, including amputation. I always wear slippers when I'm at home. I also have annual eye tests, These are more in depth than what you would have at the optician, so as as the clinic takes a very high definition photo of the back of your eyes to see if there is any damage to blood cells at a microscopic level. I have what is called background retinopathy, which means there is a very slight change uh, in the blood cells in my eyes, but nothing that can be sorted out specifically at this time. But if I'm not careful, this could escalate and I could lose a sight in one or both of my eyes. That is how important it is to keep fit and watch what you eat. Another reason that the NHS are so fantastic is that all diabetics are entitled to uh, their prescribed medication free of charge. Now, considering I have monthly renewals of the metformin, what is it, around £8, £8 £8.30 a time, as well as any antibiotics that I need, and I had a tooth out recently and I needed antibiotics for that, this is a real saver. Otherwise, I, I can see people not taking the medication that they've been prescribed because they can't afford it, and then creating a further strain on the NHS when other problems occur. So yes, there is a cost, and it is a huge cost to the NHS, which is why there is such a big drive to make people more aware of it and bring down the uh, the amount of diabetics in the country. But and, and until they do that, they've got to keep keep funding the medication so that they're not actually these people aren't ending up in hospitals diabetes is a silent killer according to diabetes uk almost 4 million people in the uk have been diagnosed with either type 1 or type 2 diabetes and of those around 90 percent of them have type 2 and around 10 percent of them have type 1 and it is thought that there are another million or so people living undiagnosed with diabetes are you at risk? If in doubt, get a blood test. At the very least, watch your weight and your diet. There is masses of information on the internet. And I'll put links to a couple of the sites in the show notes. Do you suffer from diabetes? How are you managing? What do you do to control the impacts? I'd love to hear from you. So please get in touch via Twitter at prodmatters. And I hope you found this episode interesting. I know it's not a normal Productivity Matters episode. We've not talked about apps or hints and tips, but quite frankly, you need to look after your health because without your health, you're going to be completely unproductive all the time. So please don't forget to subscribe where you normally listen to your podcasts. And until next time, remember, productivity matters.